this incredible shift in aromatherapy from when you and I started, that it was all um, feel good to today it's really cutting-edge science and there's so much neurological research that confirms, as you said, when you started this section, between the connection between the mind, the brain, and our ability to heal. And that, yes, when we breathe in the essential oil particles, they go directly to the right brain, the limbic system, which is, in fact, the emotional control, the emotional control centre of the brain. Everything has happening that's happening of importance to us that isn't constructed, that isn't rehearsed, happens in the right brain. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Sweet Self Love Podcast. I am really, really proud and honored to introduce you to one of my longest and most dearest friends. Gorgeous Pat Prince Jones and go right into the heart aromatherapy. You're going to love our conversation this week. We both trained together and we met through the art of ascending oils and aromatherapy. And she's based. She's an advocate and author of Centered Life. Pat Princey Jones is renowned for her energy and passion, a lot of professional and knowledgeable livery. Her repertoire and experience range from an intimate knowledge of pure essential oils and their use for everyday well-being. She brings to life the rituals of aromatherapy, including the massage of sip, the magic of bathing, foot baths, hot oil mask, hair treatments, and stem a few. Pat recounts ways in which the therapeutic powers of essential oils can be used to relax and revive senses, contribute to relationships, enhance natural beauty and help to relieve things like stress and insomnia. Her portfolio is pretty amazing. She's been in sales forces, training in pharmacy, food and department stores. She is regularly invited as a guest speaker at universities, hospitals and industry seminars. Detail the growing use of pure essential oils as complementary medicine and pharmacy. She features on YouTube and engages with social media influencers to keep abreast trends in this fast-growing field. Pat first established her career in aromatherapy in 1990 as a writer, editor and facilitator of aromatherapy workshops and programs for one of Australia's leading aromatherapy brands. For over 30 years, she has kept abreast of current trends in the industry and promotes the principle of safe practice. Today, this gorgeous soul is following her dream to continue teaching aromatherapy to the end of the user. She is currently consulting in aromatherapy and has joined forces with industry expert Morella Akio to create their own brand, which is called Scented Life. Her rewarding career with an essence has secured her role as a company expert and spokesperson in aromatherapy. I just love this woman, and I find that her role is both rewarding and challenging. But the very art of aromatherapy, the variety of applications, and the blending of plant aromas renders it the most beautiful complementary therapy of the 21st century, one of which, Pat, awakens the senses and consequently the self she avows. 
I know you're going to enjoy our conversation. It's like it's like being the fly on the wall of two girlfriends catching up. She is one of my greatest mentors and teachers and still to this day, one of my most dearest and nearest girlfriends. I really encourage you to go to her website, centeredlife.com.au. That's centered, S-C-E-N-T-E-D-L-I-F-E.com.au so that you can find out more about this, about this beautiful soul, her amazing brand new book, A Centered Life, and you'll get to catch up on how we uh, wreaked a havoc in, in the industry and really, really did have a true love and respect for one, one another, which is still very apparent to today. I sincerely hope you have a pen and paper ready because she gives out some incredible recipes and I just know you're going to love to follow her on Instagram and on her website. And please give us some beautiful feedback because I know it means the world to her and me. Don't forget to go and give us a five-star rating if you're really enjoying this beautiful podcast all around the power of self-love. And you can do that on iTunes, but I'm really excited that you guys are giving feedback and writing comments, asking questions, because it constantly gives me the, the ability to source, source the right people to interview. And I can tell you this, this week is unbelievably exceptional. Enjoy the show. So as you can hear, my beautiful listeners, this week we have an extraordinary soul. I, I can't stop grinning at the thought of it, but beautiful Pat Princey Jones, welcome to the Self Love Podcast. What an absolute honor to be sharing this hour with you, my darling friend. Hello, Kimmy, my sweetheart. It's so nice to be here. After so many years together, what we've been through in aromatherapy and such a such an incredible start being trained together. You, I think, were 21, Kim, when I met you. And um, shortly after we shared a hotel room for two weeks while we were being trained to take over the workshops for two of the most inspiring sisters and aromatherapists we've ever met in our lives. And you and I shared a bedroom and I had a plaster cast crutches because I'd broken my ankle and had surgery and you carried my books to class every day and you even bathed me at night. I'd sit in the bed with my broken leg hanging over the bath, positioned over the bathtub and you would, you know, wash me and bathe me and run the water over my back and of those soothing, the chamomile and lavender that we put into the bath. Remember that? Oh, my gosh. You know, it is true. We have God, had a beautiful. We, we oh. suffered. It was the pain, the pain and the joy of those two weeks, what we learned and how much we suffered when we had to get up on stage and do rehearsal. Remember <laughs> me with my crutches, raising <laughs> them up in the air, throwing them up in the air, and I did orange, the joyful oil. So I, I couldn't use my arms, so I had to use the crutches. But, yes, it was. we've known each other for a long time. And also, remember, I, I came down and stayed with you in New Zealand and you used to massage me while I was going through rehab with that broken leg. Yeah, you, so, are, yeah. you are certainly someone who has touched my heart in a way like no other. We were almost thrown together back in those late 80s uh, when we first met and, you know, it's an incredible journey really and it's a real testament to what friendship and enduring friendship is. And the one thing that you've really taught me, my darling Pat, is 
is that you don't have to see each other every day to have an incredible connection. Mm. Could you talk to us a little bit about what connection and friendship means to you? Great question. Um, Obviously, loyalty is really important to me with friendships. Um, I give it and and I love to get it back. And it's not that I'm saying if it's a negative thing with loyalty, but the loyalty of loving you and supporting you and not judging you, they're very important factors for me. I think of freedom to be myself so that I don't have to fit into a role of how people perceive me or what they think is right or wrong. Um, Giving and receiving, giving in the smallest ways of just a a compliment, a kind word. Sometimes that word might need to be in the form of constructive feedback where you help your friend on into the next level of where they're heading because you can see sometimes more clearly than they can what's going on for them in their lives. I know that you and I have shared times together in hotels and here at my place and at your place where we've talked about things that were challenging in our personal lives and we certainly um, were there for each other. Listening, we have to listen and listening not just to the words but to the feelings behind the words and what the person is struggling to say and what they really might be meaning. And I just think the most important thing for all is that you don't, like you said at the start, have to be in each other's ear every minute. Sometimes I don't hear from you or speak to you for a year and then suddenly it's birthdays and this beautiful 20-line email that could only have been written by you and no one else, um, encapsulating our friendship and the deep, deep love we have for each other. A little bit like, I guess, uh, auntie and niece, you know, or big sister and little sister. Um, We've definitely got that. And that email comes shooting through and and truly it makes my birthday extra special. Mm. So they would be some of the things that are important to me and that uh, qualify friendship. Absolutely. And that even all of those points, I would imagine you'd agree, also sit very closely in the relationship with self and the relationship with uh, an intimate partner and all of those things. Before we dive even further into that, just so our listeners can understand just how extraordinary you are and what your journey has been. I mean, words are very important to you. You are an amazing, you have a background of education and English. You're an incredibly intelligent woman. Just could you give us a little bit of a brief history where your Italian origin, we'd just love to get the story, the essence of the beautiful Pat Princey Jones. Oh, that's going to go back a long way, but look, as uh, yes, I'm northern and my parents are Italian from just outside of, um, it's called Giulia Veneto, which is outside of Venice uh, in a town. My mother was born in, a, in the city of Gorizia and my parents em- 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 emigrated here in the 1950s and I was born after that. So I was actually born in Australia but look, you know, if you've got Italian blood running through your veins, doesn't matter what, what colour your hair is, whether you're blonde and blue-eyed, you're still Italian. And I can remember when people, when I started school, because I was so animated and especially used my hands a lot, um, when people found out I was Italian, they said, oh, that's what it is, that's who you are. 
And no doubt my mother cooked Italian food. She was very passionate and she was very volatile. And there's no doubt I've inherited that from my mother. Um, I've always wanted to teach. I always wanted to be a teacher, even as a little girl. I used to play schools after school. I had my own blackboard and bell and I rounded up all the kids in the neighbourhood and said, you've got to play schools now. And they say, we just been to school all day. And I said, doesn't matter. My school now. And so I was destined always to do teaching. So it's interesting that in my 30s, after meeting two of the most inspirational sisters and aromatherapists that we've ever known, really, that I changed the course of my career because I had become a high school teacher. I was teaching high school English in Sydney. And then I met Jasmine Oil in Bali. It was 1990. I travelled there for a holiday with my ex-husband and I didn't even know what aromatherapy was at the time. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And I was introduced to these amazing essential oil treatments by an essence. It was included hair rinses with frankincense and geranium, foot baths with peppermint oil, um, compressing the skin with frankincense also, or neroli and rose. But the highlight for me was, you know, the daily body rubs, using essential oils in jojoba on the skin just to moisturise the skin. But with the addition of essential oils, it also meant that you could address your mood, how you wanted to feel, how you wanted to be that day. And remember, Kim, it was called aromatic dressing, dressing from the inside out. And when we first started working in Melbourne and I left teaching to come to work in Melbourne and take up a position still teaching, but instead of um, Shakespeare, I traded Shakespeare for Basil in a way, I was now teaching aromatherapy. And I remember one of my first assignments, we had so many, but we had to get up at the start of each day and say, how did you dress this morning? And it wasn't about the suit I was wearing. It was about which oils I'd chosen to put into my jojoba to moisturise my body with. And, of course, they varied every day because one morning I'd get up and I felt uh, emotional upheaval or mood swings. Another morning I'd get up and I thought I had the sniffles. Another morning I'd get up and I had a big presentation. I was feeling vulnerable and I wanted to try and up the ante and get my um, confidence up. So invariably every day was a different way of, of being, even though we had our favourites. And my favourite at the start was jasmine, ylang-ylang and patchouli because that's the one I used in Bali before we went out dancing and dinner at night. And it had a, that was not only made you feel sort of languorous and quite feminine, it was sexy too. And that was something that was ex- sought after back then. Yeah. <laughs> it was appropriate. Yeah. And your, your love of teaching, has there been any similarities in teaching in high school, teaching something like an incredible subject of English, which you seem to bring out the essence and the juice of the language. You seem to make it more colourful and vibrant. And I love your articulation of the language. Is there a similarity in the teaching of essential oils? Well, when I was teaching high school, because I, I taught for 15 years, it's not as though I just taught for a few years, and there was that overlap when I first started doing In Essence. I was, I was really like, 
following those week the weekend workshops that were raging around the country and I was part of that troop so as to speak and but I was doing that in school holidays weekends I was still teaching so I I maintained my career in education for many years and yes there's an overlap I was known when I was teaching kids that I had in my class all those you know, very excitable young girls and boys, they loved the fact I brought literature to life. So if I taught a text, for instance, when I taught Othello, let's say, oh, I had year 10, like, for example, and they would come into my class and say, oh, yes, do we have to do this? I hate this play. So instead of saying to them, how dare you hate Shakespeare? Shakespeare is an authority. He's been around, was around for ages and look at all the, the, the plays he's written. How dare you? What have you written? No. I'd say to them, look, this is like days of our lives but in our time. Just imagine the stories about this guy. He's a general. He's madly in love with his wife, but because he's got this bad, bad habit and a fatal flaw of jealousy, he kills her. And the whole story revolves around why, who, what, who done it and why. Well, I got all of them going home, flicking through the book, trying to understand Shakespearean language better because they wanted to find out who done it, why. <laughs> So I always brought it into their understanding of the of the text. And then, yes, of course, I gave them opportunity in the class to develop their learning and understanding of the fellow at the level they were at. So we had mixed ability classes when I was teaching. So I had an activity that was generic information. Then I had breakout groups, some did the play, some did the backdrop, some made the handkerchief that he used to strangle her, others um, did enacted a part of the play because that was their interest. And, of course, then there was the girl who wanted to write this, the formal essay on Shakespeare. And so everybody had their opportunity. Now, that hasn't changed. That None of that has changed in, in when I teach aromatherapy. So I'm always looking at my clients whether it ranges from a community centre in South Australia in a remote path of South Australia where I had 160 senior citizens looking straight down the barrel at me just waiting for their hand treatment and that's all they really wanted. They wanted to get their beautiful hand treatment and the gift bag. And yet I had, and I had to in that moment get them enthused about aromatherapy at their, where they were at, where I thought it might um, interest them. And I know you do it all the time in your workshops. Whereas when I was at, uh, we did a, some work with Sunbeam and I was at Peppers in the Blue Mountains and I, I got up in the morning, I'd rehearsed all my program, I was all ready to go. I knew I had like 60 sales reps, mostly men, Um and I thought, oh, yes, this is going to be great. I had the right outfit on and stepped in front of them and I was looking at them and they're all slouched on their chair and I just took one look at them and I looked at them and said, I know why well, you guys look like that because you've emptied your mini bars in your bedroom. And they all went, yeah. And I said, so let's start with a hangover blend. And that's where we started. So I went straight into that. So I thought I was terrific. By the end of the session, they were all talking about their wives, their kids, and I just kept on relating the, the oils back to that. 
So I do bring it to life. And then, yes, I do write about it. I do understand how people learn. So it doesn't matter what my program is. I look at the crowd in front of me and I go, okay, Pat, you need to recalibrate and forget what you wrote last night or what you thought you'd need today and just go into relating. You're an amazing presenter. I still use all my teaching skills. And as you know, when I started, and I mean, I know I can say this to you because it, I mean, I have to say it with a certain reservation, but when I first started, there were people who'd say, what is she doing here? She's an English teacher. She's not an aromatherapist. Yeah. Um, Because even though I was studying, it wasn't enough for some people because I didn't have the edge on the aromatherapy, the content like, say, you did. But the sisters were very innovative and they knew that they wanted someone who understood the process of learning and how people learn and could translate that into programs. And so I was very much involved with editing, writing programs and bringing their workshops certainly to life when you and I took over because we could no longer rely on their status and on their um, who they were in the industry. I had to call on different skills when I took over my my pie chart of where they calmed up the state, the country, for us to take over the workshops, the two-day workshops. And that was not easy. They were no mean feat, those two-day workshops that we did. No, and they were extraordinary. did we get to (laughs) boogie with women around Australia and did we get to understand self-love and to see where it was lacking? Remember when we used to do the demonstration for the Daily Body Rub? on stage with our clothes on, of course, but we'd we'd preface it by saying, look, this is done in the privacy of your own bathroom just before you get dressed and while your skin's still moist and dewy from showering. So you get your jojoba, your tablespoonful, you add your six drops of oils to it, and then you start at the ankles and work your way up to the neck and very quick, brisk moisturise. Do you remember when we'd have the debrief after that, the number of women that told us, I have never looked at my body in the mirror naked for the last X number of years? And we were like, wow. And so that's why I loved aromatherapy so much. And that's why I ended up trading Shakespeare for Basil, as I'd said earlier, because I thought I can still just like I could give to the student who'd look at me and say, Miss, I can't write essays. I didn't say to them, well, you're going to have to learn. I'd say, okay, let's look, at, let's look at sections, how you might do bits and chunks of an essay. And you won't need this when you leave school. You might never have to write an essay, but you might have to write a letter. So let's just learn about the process of writing. So it was the same with um, in a, at In Essence Aromatherapy we could say to those women, okay, you don't have to stand there and take the whole thing off. Start compartmentalising your body and just do your arms or start with your legs and look at the difference and see the difference or just rub it onto your chest and look at the difference that those carefully chosen oils will have on you and impact on your day. I think you're... 
I, I agree. And, you know, I mean, I was introduced to that. We'll talk about the girls in a minute, but I was introduced to that at 19 years of age when I first saw them on stage. And I remember thinking, I just want what they've got. I don't know what it is, but I want what they've got. And from that moment of learning the daily, they called it the the aromatic dressing, oh, yes. the body rub, which I took on from that day at 19. And I can swear, and I know you're the same, there's not been a day that I've missed since. And we're now in our 50s. Um, and what I think is so extraordinary is then in my teachings took that to another level because to me it was about touching this vehicle, this this vessel that transported you around the world, around your day, around your life. And it was an opportunity to actually acknowledge it and give thanks to it, not berate it or put it down or look at all the wobbly bits or the frozen bits or the the bits that weren't working so well. It was a chance to actually give thanks because we do only get one. Mm. Do you think back at that time, I mean, these were rituals that we really did embalm and really did start to include and embrace in our own lives, which I know has impacted us. But what do you really think it was that Judith White and Karen Downs had when they started in essence? What was the magic in that time? Well, look, I know that for me they were they were gatherers of information data and then trans, then demystifying it and transforming it, re-delivering it for the uh, consumer and for us, for anyone who came to their workshops. They also really, if you remember, they were into personal growth and development. And once you joined the In Essence team, you did it their way or it was the highway. And there was something about that, and I don't like to use the word cult, but there was something about the magic of all of us together as women. We felt empowered, empowered because of the treatments that they brought to life because that's one of the things that, in essence, back then did do very differently from other brands that were selling oils, no doubt, at the same time and who were very competent men and women who were starting their own brands. Judith and Karen, the late Judith White and Karen actually took that to the next level. They brought it to life. In their workshops, it was all about they teach the content and then they broke up into groups so that you practised it and did it. So you did the back massage, you did the footpath, you did the oil facial mask, you did the hair oil treatment. They Everything came to life. So all those people left that day and they weren't just empowered with really comprehensive notes. They also received a real hands-on experience. And that for me was what cut it because I'm always in books. I've always got my head in the book and sometimes it's too much for me and I get bogged down with brain fever almost. And so it's really good for me to separate myself and just go breathe, let go and touch and feel and smell the sensory, the whole sensory experience of aromatherapy. It's not just academia brought brought to life by words on a page. That's very important to me and the creativity of it all. But I think that the girls did that and they also practised what they preached. Every day was like that ritual, you had to have your juice. Oh, my God, we weren't allowed. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this now because that's we're talking 35 years ago, Kim. We weren't allowed to smoke. Oh, my gosh, if you worked at In Essence. 
Um, or wear perfume. It was just a contradiction if you were speaking. It was a total health and well-being experience and you had to live and breathe essential oils. And for me it became a love story, a love story from the start. And I could see myself, I'm still going to teach. It doesn't change. I'm still going to write programs. I became the national training and um, uh, the national training and education manager for In Essence shortly after I started. So I got to do the, you know, I got to play principal at In Essence for many happy years. Yeah. I think what was so extraordinary, I think what you just said then, the love story, not only the love story of the rituals and the magic of essential oils and the power of smell, something that has been a sense that has been lost over time because we don't need it for survival as such. But something I've always felt in that the the sense of smell is that it is so closely linked to our emotions. It is so evocative of how we can create a moment or in time or we can feel a memory just instantly. It's powerful if we can create anchors moving forward in life as well, which is why the oils have become such incredible allies, friends, amazing parts of our life. You talked about the personality of the kids. Do you believe that the essential oils have their own personality? And oh. if so, how would you describe them as a, as a persona? Okay, so, <clears throat> well, every oil you could definitely attribute a personality and a characteristic to it. But in a broader sense, if we were to look at them, we can definitely say that the citrus smokes. Everybody loves citrus, you know, just think of them. I love to just diffuse them all in one go. I do lime, bergamot, lemon, mandarin, grapefruit, two drops of each for one hour because I know they're top notes and they're short-lived, but, boy, do they transform and cleanse my apartment and smell fresh and yummy. So citrus notes, yeah, they're uplifting, they're fresh, they're yummy. So their personality is quick, in your face, I'm here. I'm going to work magic for you short term. Then when you go to the resins at the extreme end, like your frankincense, your cedarwood, your sandalwood, long-lasting, deep, rich, you almost, when you open the bottle, you think, oh, this bottle's empty. Nothing's coming out. You've got to wait. They're slow. But when they arrive, they're there for good, for ages. So they work deeply within you. So they're grounding, they're stabilising. They give you courage and strength that the citrus instead uplift are uplifting and give you that. Um, then, of course, you've got the flowers, balance, florals. Think about smelling a rose. Think about holding it in your hand in the garden and it's a proper garden-grown rose. It's not just uh, – it's, it's one from – as I said, the garden, it's not, you know, mass produced and it does, it has its scent, the scent that it uses to attract the bee, the pollination. That short-lived scent that comes from the plant that's taken the entire course of the development of the rose to produce the final fragrance. When you hold it in your hand and you smell it, you stop, you close your eyes, you breathe it in, and it immediately you feel balanced. You feel a sense of calm. You feel a sense as though you're with, at, with one 
with the rose, at one, sorry, with the rose. And look, we could go on, lemongrass, peppermint, herbs. Wow, I'm invigorating. Watch out, here I come. You better know how to use me, though, because otherwise I can wreak havoc <laughs> in your home <laughs> and around the place. That's so, so look, yeah. And then if you wanted to break it down individually, you could. Yeah. I think one of the most beautiful moments that you and I shared, which we just have to share, was um, in that hotel room training to be there their national and international presenters, oh you with a broken foot. Oh us, we had so much on our plate. Honestly, as much as I adored these two women, they were hard taskmasters and they were perfectionists. Okay. And so I want our audience to know that the training you and I went through could almost be seen as cruel. Like mm-hmm. it was yeah. barbaric. It oh, was okay. humiliating. It yes. was it was just, I can't even begin to describe it. And considering I never wanted to be a public speaker, yeah. but I tell you what, talk about baptism by fire. Yeah. Talk about um, our love, not only of each other and the fact that we were doing this together. Yeah. Ironically, you had a broken ankle, which was quite interesting because it slowed us both down and really made us very present, I would imagine. Yes. But it also gave us the opportunity to realize that no matter what was happening around us, the power of those oils and the power of your and my connection got us through what was incredibly challenging. How would you describe that? Well, can you remember that, and I did, I had 25 stitches in my ankle, I've had surgery, a plaster cast up to my knee, four blue toes, Stiffened blue, ugly blue, purple toe sticking out from the past plaster car. And every morning I was told, there's nothing wrong with you. You haven't got any pain. Don't make it mean more than it has to. Just get on with what we've got to do this week. And I know that I tried to do everything I could. I probably even broke the ankle in Sydney so that I wouldn't have to come down to Melbourne to do this training, this two weeks, because I knew what I was up for. And all I can say is talk about the power of friendship. I always liked you from the instant I met you because we looked alike, so I just thought we could be sisters. And I'm obviously the big sister because I was already in my 30s. But And then I saw you get up and I could see your vulnerability too in those very early stages. So to find out that I had to share a room with you was like that was the only thing that I could look forward to flying down to Melbourne. And, I mean, I had to get Qantas. I had to book the chair, the wheelchair. I mean, that was not the look for Pat Princey Jones, you know. Uh, and I, here I was arriving in the wheelchair, get, be carried on to the Qantas, picked up at this end, and I tried to get out of it. I actually said to my ex-husband, you ring up and you tell the, the girls Pat's too sick She's bedridden. She can't get out. She can't put a foot down because it bruises. It gets all black and blue. So she and of course they wouldn't hear a bar of it, would they? They just wouldn't hear a bar of it. I had to come down, or that would be the end. I wouldn't. That was an opportunity that I didn't want to miss, and they weren't going to give me a chance to redo the training on at another time with them. So, yeah, you and I did an incredible job. And when we got back to our hotel, the first, remember the first 20 minutes we debriefed? 
And I'm a mimic. I'm a more. I'm a born mimic. I like to afterwards. I love to mimic people after the event and walk. And, and I got up, crutches and all, and I was doing them. And I was demonstrating me up on stage with these freaking crutches. <laughs> And uh, so we'd love ourselves silly. And then it was time for the rituals of bathing. You know, you'd run me warm. A sits bath, in fact, because I couldn't. And I'd get in and and that was really important. You'd light the, the vaporizer because back then I'm pretty sure we still candles and we lit the candle and we'd set the mood for sleep. And we certainly didn't do anything like we didn't have iPhones and we didn't watch telly. So we just shared our feelings and to have their hearts to heart and so yes but I it was like you said perfect metaphor it was a baptism by fire and I know like my book was a baptism by fire in publishing if I didn't have Judith the late Judith and Karen if I didn't have their guidance and their strict rigorous decision look no story they didn't like stories whereas today the excuse they saw a story as an excuse so my broken leg was just an excuse and they didn't want to know about it it was just another story that we make up and they don't like they didn't like those but what it meant was that I actually finished the course with them it made me want to then formal formalize my learning and study aromatherapy and that was when I was introduced the text for study was Salvatore Battaglia's book who I consider him as the Australian authority really in aromatherapy, what he's done for aromatherapy. And um, then I learned it formally from that book because it's pretty comprehensive. Um, but they made they gave me the rigour to do things properly not and to just keep at it, not give up, and Cardi Grant was the same. I started, oh, I'm not ready yet, I can't finish this chapter just now the way you want it. I've got to go and do it all again. They'd be, no, this is the deadline. We're working to a deadline. And probably if Judith hadn't, Karen hadn't been like that, I wouldn't be here now because I would have popped out. I would have said, no, I can't now. I'll have to come later another time when I heal completely. Um, and I would have said to Hardy Grant, look, listen, I'm, I want out. I'd still be writing. I'd still be doing the book and I wouldn't have finished. So I have to say I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, it was during my studying of my aromatherapy diploma after that training, don't know how I stayed in it, but you and I just kept each other going and it was incredible really. And I think the challenge of that was actually a direct metaphor for life anyway. Most of us go through different challenges and we somehow use the magic of those oils and connection with self and others and getting fresh air but then getting back into the the challenge of what we were said, we actually did it and we did it with grace and we did it with absolute tenacity and we did it with strength because of that connection. But I also then took up ultra marathon running around that time. And do you know, it was, they call it the graveyard shift in the middle of the night between 12 and 6am. I wanted to quit so many times and they, you know, the, the voice in my head and, and I kept picturing us and I kept trying to work out and I was using the oils and then Judith to her credit arrived just as the sun was rising that morning and she came in and she did a compress of black pepper and lemongrass and rose and I remember the aroma of it and just lying there and she whispered in my ear if you want to win this you can 
there's no excuse not to yeah, get up and get out there. That's it. They taught us that. There was no sitting yes. on your laurels or going, but I've been going for 18 hours. And I believe it was that, the power of that scent, her words and her never allowing us, neither of them allowing us a story or an excuse, mm-hmm. is what got me up off that bed and out on the, off the massage table and out on the track. And I won it. Not only did I win it, I set a world record. And that blend that I have now in my range detox and strengthen was about detoxing negative thoughts and emotions and story and having the strength, the vigor and the tenacity to get through anything. Is there a favorite oil? Has it it changed for you? Or have you always had one? Is Jasmine your go-to? You mentioned her at the beginning. Is there one or a blend that you've come up with that's your go-to through challenge? Okay, Jasmine was my, that was the oil that I met, the first oil I met in my life and and also important because I didn't know what aromatherapy was back then. I'd never heard the term before I went to Bali. And when I met Judith, I actually thought that she was into Roman architecture or something when I heard, she said, I'm an aromatherapist. I said, oh, I'm an English teacher. And we both thought, oh, But for me, really, it's neroli. Neroli is to date, it's the bitter sweetness of that um, blossom from the orange tree that still retains an elemental part of the citrus of the leaves and the twigs of the tree that also comes through in that oil. And I find that that is very comforting for me because it gives me that yin and yang of aromatherapy so that I'm not I'm not totally uplifted. It's not like a like a, a peppermint um, and nor is it totally grounding like frankincense. <clears throat> it provides that balance, I think, for me that I'm uplifted or I'm relaxed but I'm present. I remain present in the moment. And I do love to mix neroli with bergamot <clears throat> and with vetiver. And just a hint of vetiver, not a lot, because vetiver is so, so overpowering and could dominate that blend. But that would be my go-to when I feel that I really need to, like three years back my nephew passed and it was unexpected in the family. And if you have, that's what I do. Yeah. They become and an incredible I, anchor. I massage the oils and lip candles yeah. to facilitate his, you know, journey to the next life, I guess. Yeah. I think what's when so things profound. Happen, those phone calls you get at 6 o'clock in the morning and you just don't expect to get them. No. I think that's what's so profound about having a go-to tool and that's the power and magic and unbelievable, the wisdom of the plants, how they actually are talking to and with us. And if we can call on these to get us through those moments, those moments of challenge and, and particularly distraught and moments of shock. And interestingly, neroli and bergamot, you know, they're the rescue remedy of the essential oils. They're the ones that really do help us with anxiety or nervousness or shock. And and then the vetiver pulls it, like you say, and grounds it and the oil of abundance and love. And so however we look at using the oils, when you can come up with your go-to blend, Mm -hmm. I think that would be the absolute treat. I mean, my personal go-to blend is rose, 
frankincense and bergamot. So those three oils to me, rose has always been my beautiful thread. And, and, you know, I put a drop of rose on my heart, my mother, my both my mother and Danny's mother, the bridesmaids and all the groomsmen all got a drop of rose on their hearts and all of us walked up the aisle. I mean, they smelt us coming down that aisle, you know, like people still to this day talk about the smell of our wedding. Mm -hmm. I also used them when we lost Danny's sister tragically to suicide and Mm -hmm. became my real, frankincense was my real go-to because Mm -hmm. I was holding the space for everybody as well, I, I don't say that with ego. I mean, I was trying to hold the space with the children and allow my, my husband and family to go through their grief. And so I really, I really want to acknowledge you and hear you with that. I, and I honestly don't think if, if we hadn't had the training we'd had with those two girls and the inspiration that they offered and the absolute love and an incredible inquisitive curiosity that we ended up finding in the magic of plants, Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd be the person I am today either, sweetheart. And Mm -hmm. I just want to thank you for reminding me of the challenges that we go through and the heartache. You You wake up in the morning and you're not expecting the call. Yeah. And then you've got to manage it. You you go into, it's more than managing because it's damage control really. And and you realise that, you need support and you and I always turn in some form or shape or other to essential oils. And one thing I don't know about you, Kim, or I do know about both of us because this wouldn't be any different for you, but I am constantly making blends for other people, giving them like just this week, no, this, let's just say this month, a guy, a friend of my girlfriend's, got hit by a car, just but not hard hit. Someone just backed into him, their neighbour. And so I was called over to, I mean, he went to the doctor, he went to hospital, had x-rays, but I was called over to attend to the emotional uh, um, people of everybody around because the woman that had hit him with the car who was the neighbour, she was worse than he was. And so I go have my box of 50 oils or whatever and I started doing all these potions and making tissues and making little mini rubs and making compress to drip into a compress bowl and and I'm constantly doing it. Last week someone came down from the building because they got a new puppy dog and they wanted to know which oils can I can't I use with the puppy dog. It's just I, it never stops. I don't, it never, ever stops for me. And look, yesterday I had a woman who called me from Peter Mac, and I don't give prescriptions or anything online. I tend, as I said, to the emotional side. But she's got a husband at the Peter McCallum Hospital and she said all he'd like is to have some beautiful smells around him in his final days and I love the oils and can you give me some advice? And look, I just recommended massaging the feet and maybe the shoulders if he put all the hands while he was in his bed. And, again, I use neroli, neroli and frankincense, your two, and bergamot. Mm. Just a drop of each, I said, in like 50 mils, just a hint because the, his has very heightened sense of smell. But it just doesn't stop. It no. never, ever stops. I've probably got four or five emails that have already popped in now with questions on what would you do for this and what would you do for that. So there is today this incredible shift in aromatherapy from when you and I started that it was all 
um, feel good to today it's really cutting-edge science and there's so much neurological research, research that confirms, as you said, when you started this section, between the connection between the mind, the brain, and our ability to heal. And that, yes, when we breathe in the essential oil particles, they go directly to the right brain, the limbic system, which is, in fact, the emotional control, the emotional control centre of the brain. Everything has happening that's happening of importance to us that isn't constructed, that isn't rehearsed, happens in the right brain, you know, fight or flight, even body temperature, hormonals, ups and downs, creativity, passion, intimacy are all happening here, anger, um, resentment, all of the love, joy, happiness, confidence. You can use pretty much trace it back to what's happening there. One of the things I remember Judith and Karen teaching us was um, that, and it was an approximate figure, but they had a belief that the daily use of essential oils increased your self-esteem and confidence by a minimum of, you know, around 35%. And I used to think, how do you measure that? How do you look at that? But honestly, Pat, if I think of the woman I was at 1920, yes, we're younger and all of those things. But at the, they were concerned about me being a presenter because I hadn't had children and I hadn't had a lot of experience and all of that. But I was thirsty and hungry and I did every personal development course they said. In fact, I was interviewed yesterday and the gentleman asked me, you know, what do you think your investment's been? And I'd worked it out. I think I've spent at least quarter of a million dollars on personal growth programs, workshops, my education, my oils and all of the different things and the modalities that I've used to be who I am today. But if you told me that I was going to be speaking around the world, that I would be holding workshops with up to six, 700 people in it, that I would be teaching the power and magic of plants and herbal medicine, particularly essential oils, I would have told you at 19, that is totally not who I am and what I'm about. I truly believe that not only with their belief in us and having such an evolved state in our confidence and being who we could be, probably didn't even realize at an unconscious level the connection that you and I would have. But our love of seeing how those oils have played out in our lives and where we've both gone, you and I have both, we're both authors, we're both teachers and educators, we are researchers and we love the magic, but our real joy comes from seeing the emotional harmony that comes from using these potent plant extracts. Could you talk to us a little bit about how they've got you through some of your challenges, like around family, around love, romance, your career? Like how have you floated through the ebb and flow? What have been your go-to rituals or how have the oils played a part? Okay, so when if, I, if I'm starting any kind of <clears throat> public speaking event, Monday and Tuesday, in essence, did extensive uh, filming for their Instagram and they invited me to be part of that. Before we started, I got the bergamot out, I put about five drops in the palms of my hand, went round to everybody and we just I cupped it over their, their faces at a slight distance and asked them to just breathe in and breathe in three deep breaths. And they all agreed that they felt calmer after having done that. 
And of course, I washed my hands afterward to ensure I didn't accidentally touch my eyes with those oils. But it was—it's always lovely. I always start with that, and the girls taught me that. The sisters taught me that years back. I always, when I'm going to go out for the morning, like you, we start with our in essence daily body rub, with our daily body rub. I prepare the like this morning because I knew I was going to be speaking to you, and I thought, we, and you said we might take an hour. I did a more energetic blend. So I, I used a bit of Mei Chang. I used just a drop of lemongrass to enhance the three or four drops of Mei Chang. And then I added sweet orange and lavender to that for a nice mix and blend of unusual oils. And then I applied them to my body in that brisk, moisturizing action of the skin before I dressed. I also, one of the things that I love to do while I was writing the book, I think one of the things that got me through writer's block was I'd prepare a big, huge stainless steel uh, bowl with about two to three litres of warm water in it and I'd add oils like frankincense, rosemary, black pepper, juniper berry and, of course, peppermint oil. And I, you know, mix the water spread the particles to the best of their ability as best they can spread in water because they never evenly distribute. And then I just sit my feet in it and while I was working at the computer. And because we know that the that having a foot treatment of any sort actually polarises the two extremes of the body, I not only felt my feet were lighter and cool and refreshed and slimmer, but I also felt the impact of it in my brain. I felt enlightened. I felt, I felt clearer. I felt a, I felt a clarity from using those oils and a greater sense of recall, etc. And one of the things that Judith taught us, remember, was to put marbles if you wanted to add yes, marble to the basin and cover it with a face cloth because then it would be like a spa treatment, having a foot treatment and just roll your feet back and forward over the marbles and the cloth. So I love that treatment. And then, of course, I've got spritz bottles throughout the house in the fridge for a cooling spritz for the face, uh, by my bed for a spritz for if I wake up during the night without so I don't have to switch the lights on, I can just start spraying the sleep, a sleep blend. And then, of course, in the bathroom to just sanitise the home and refresh uh, the home. Um, I love my spritzes and, and of course, compressing. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that you, you get to a point that you just have to face ageing. It's like, it's like a Mack truck that's heading towards you. And, yes, you might do a lot and you try to avoid it, but no one can. And eventually you just you you surrender. You surrender to the wisdom that comes. You surrender to the kindness that comes, the the empathy, the compassion that comes with it. And the and the first time that it doesn't have to always be about you or me, you know, that it can actually be about someone else. So there are rewards with growing older. But if you have used essential oils on your skin, there is a difference in terms of how moist, even just how nourished your skin is. Yeah. If you've used the oils and, and certainly on 
just the tone of your skin from having used them. Because, Kim, we have to really qualify here for the listener that essential oils, and I've said this in my book, they're not magic. They're not uh, quick fixes. They're subtle. They're long-term healers. It's about a way of life. It's about embracing them and using them as you would a trusted friend. Um, so what you see, all my friends in Melbourne marvel at the fact that I have such a good health record, that I don't get ill very often, It's um, that I don't get the flu very often. I go, can go for years on end, you know, setting aside last year, putting that, parking that, but overall... And it's just daily use of essential oils. It's that top-up, using them as directed, not overdoing it because less is more, but it's certainly been that for me. Mm. And look, there's so many methods of use. I know. I just like to use the oils like neroli, jasmine, chamomile in jojoba and just use them on pulse points at any Mm. time of day like you would add a spritz of a perfume that you love. Exactly. I think your real key there, which we want to reiterate, is that less is more. And I think it's really important in this day and age when there's so many beautiful brands and so many amazing education and incredible ways we can access essential oils. It wasn't like that when we started 35 years ago. Um, And therefore, it's really poignant at this time to actually acknowledge that yes they're beautiful less is more but also the safety of them I really am am really wrapped that you brought that up Mm -hmm. um that important of being educated around it tell us a little bit about your beautiful book and what this amazing book a centered life was written for I know it was about education but my gosh this is a this is this sits in my lounge with a beautiful piece of coral it is a table book it is a it is a book you will want to give to your best best friend I tell you congratulations thank you um it is stunning I love the fact that my name is in there I just you and I always have our (laughs) names and everything I say to my the king who's always strong who remains and to my former colleagues such as the beautiful Kim Morrison will always remain strong in my heart oh personal acknowledgements Look, yes, I wrote the book. I all I knew I was always going to write a book. I mean, as if an English teacher wouldn't eventually do something. And also, you know what it's like. Every time we do a workshop, at the end of it, you get all the people come and say, oh, that recipe, can I have it, please? And you autograph it for them. And I think, oh, which recipe of the 40,000 I know, which one did I tell in the workshop? And that you need, they almost need to prompt you. And certainly they always all said, look, can you please record all this stuff for us somewhere in a retrieval system so that we can access it when we need it. So when I decided to resign full-time work and become a consultant and start my own business, that was four years ago, um, I decided this is the perfect time, maybe even five years ago now, to start writing my book. and. I dedicated it and I did and I finished it with with my publisher and I dedicated it to my mum and that's personal to me because I was never going to dedicate it to her, never even crossed my mind. And then one night, you know, my angels came to me and said, what about your mum? The poor thing, what she went through in this country as a new migrant and it was watching all this stuff that's going on at the moment about 
you know, people being embraced and acknowledged and it certainly didn't exist for my mum. And I've dedicated it to her not because of what she went through because that can't be changed. That was then, this is now. But because at the time I was so self-absorbed and very much a little Aussie that I didn't realise her struggles and her pain at that. I was too young to understand it. So by dedicating the book to her, it's my personal way, wherever she may be up there, that she might realise, oh, my God, she did love me. (laughs) She dedicated her book to me. Yeah. And I wanted the book to be beautiful. I wanted it to be really creative. I didn't want it to be an industry book where I was really hammering home serious ailments, etc., I wanted it to be accessible so that any person could pick it up and read a section of it and think, oh, I get it. I get what she's saying and I've learned something. I understand how the the, the oils enter the brain and how they enter the skin because it's been described It's like a metaphor. And I've included a lot in this book. So I love it. I, the history is one of my favourite sections. I mean, I'm an English history teacher. So I really, I dive into that section. Um, But you don't have to read that section. You can dip in and out of the book. I've said this before. It's not like Google. So don't go to the back and say, I need a recipe for hay fever, though you can. I think that a dedicated reading to sections will give you a deeper and richer understanding of the complexity of essential oils and how they have to be used. And, yes, I do have a whole section dedicated to safety so that I go through it and I refer to Robert Tisserin and I say, if you want me go back and read the book that I use as my Bible for safety. Mm. There's a lovely section on a guide to scent. I love that section. I it's, do too. It's really I think that was my sim- favourite. It's really simple and it's, it's where I started because, look, I've got to tell you, Kim, the honest to God truth is after the training that we did and even after I started studying, I just thought, crumbs, there's 50,000 conditions, there's 75,000 million properties in there, all the oils, and they all overlap, and but buggered if I know how to learn this stuff. I'm going back to Shakespeare because at least Othello's Othello, Hamlet's Hamlet, King Lear's King Lear. But it was when I read Marcel Lavard's book and he looks at, you know, his aromatherapy workbook. I'm sure you've read it. Yes. I cried when he sat under the syringa under the lilac tree and remembered when he was a little boy and I just, just it makes you cry because you think of yourself and the impact of scent when you were a child and, you know, our listeners would think, oh, yeah, I remember I was a little girl, I used to peel oranges and they'd squirt in my face. I didn't know then that that was essential oils. So when I read his thing on zesty, woody, herby, herbal, floral, I did my take on it and wanted it to, again, be creative because that's what I do. I focused on the smell of those oils. Um, and it's I think beautiful. It's, and I also yeah. love the fact that you're absolutely right. The way you use metaphor to express, and I think that's something that the girls taught us so beautifully as well, fill their hearts before their heads. And I think that's what this book does. It really fills your heart, but it also can 
really support the left brain with the knowledge, the science and the the information if you want it. But one of my favorite rituals with this book is to wake, some days I just wake up and I go, I just need a little bit of a pat fix. And so sometimes I'll wake up and this morning I've, I've, um, I've actually marked the page that I open to, but it was the page, it fell open on the page of touch and it says the power of touch is deeply satisfying, but once combined with massage and the healing properties of essential oils, it can be transformative. The result is one of deep relaxation and nurturing. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Why did I turn to that page today? And mm-hmm. I think one of the most beautiful things about friendship is that um, when I do these rituals, when I touch my skin, when I place the oils on my body, it connects me to my loved ones. And now that you have this book, this morning, knowing I was interviewing you, it was really beautiful to know that I just want you to know that you touch me in a way that the oils always touch me. Mm-hmm. And I think the way plants communicate, I think the way when you really understand the doctrine of signature and the way that the plants are actually speaking to us on a daily basis, that is why I created the aroma cards with a with a, if they could talk to us, what would they say? Mm. And so I just, I want the listener to know if there's one book to get and to treat yourself to, it is definitely a centered life. It is, yeah. you will get the essence of friendship, connection, nature, healing, um, the power of the mind, the incredible intelligence of the body, mind, and soul, but also our real deep reverence for nature herself and how we can really feel a part of it. I mean, in this day and age, there's that beautiful line, Shinrin Yoku, which is forest bathing. Mm. But we don't always get the opportunity to go to a forest. So to bathe ourselves in your words, to bathe ourselves in oils, to bathe ourselves literally and metaphorically with the words that you speak in here is one of the most powerful ways to, I think, touch on the subject that I love the most, and that is self-love. And I'd love to ask you, what is your definition of self-love? Just accepting who you are, what were the gifts you came in with, acknowledging those gifts that you were given by the divine to work your light on others and yourself and just accept that instead of just today there's just so much everybody wants to be something else or look some way some way different and we all want to look well groomed and but I think we need to focus and more focus on the inside that soul connection because I don't know about you Kim but you know there's so much stress we're engulfed with sort of with stress challenges, um, swamped with, um, you know, mental health, insomnia. And I think if we can just breathe into who we are, um, letting go of all the distractions around us, that would be a form of true self-love. Finding just a moment each day to try and let go, just a moment, like a half minute, seconds, to let go of all the baggage that we carry around with us or part of the baggage because some of the baggage, like, you know, were like you when you lost your your sister-in-law and I lost Edward the same way, 
it, it was, I could, no one could say to me, I'll just drop that baggage. That was more than, that was something that was so painful deep within. And I think, I don't know about you, but I think we feel, I think the first area that suffers is the soul. And then it manifests later as a symptom on the body. And so that's the big shift for me with aromatherapy, even in the start. And now everyone's finally cottoned on and accepting it. Neuroscience is acknowledging that essential oils do impact the brain and our ability to heal. And that and now, instead of before you weren't allowed to say the word soul, now you can say, My soul is aching. I'm grieving. And if I don't tend to it, if I don't do nourish it and tend to it, it will manifest as a symptom later on. And then conventional medicine has to step in to deal with the symptom. Because that's what today, that's what allopathic medicine does and does very well um, at, at various points. Because I know that when I was sick with a hyster- had to have a hysterectomy, I had to go to to go to hospital to do that. I couldn't do it myself. It was too late. It had manifested, and it, it, I need to to revert to conventional medicine for that. Yeah, beautiful, sweetheart. Yeah. Is there is there anything, any way, just before we come to a close, um, is there any way if people wanted to follow you and follow and get the book and learn more about what you're offering and particularly around your beautiful new launching, especially this amazing book, where could we go, sweetheart? Um, well, I've got a website and it's... <laughs> It is terrible. I've got to think about what it is. It's www.centeredlife, not our centered life. It's centeredlifeoneword.com.au. And if you go on that, then that'll take you. That's my website and it's got the blog and the my Instagram. And soon it'll have a platform with my new products that I'm launching with my colleague and long-trusted friend, Morella Kyoto. And so we'll be doing that together. Uh, so the book exciting. is available anywhere online, Hardy Grant or Booktopia, and certainly in essence have it on their website. They're supporting me with the book. And the book will eventually be available on my website, but I don't have a platform as yet. Mm, it's amazing, isn't it? Who would have thought that English teacher, English history teacher in Sydney would one day be writing a book about soul connection and metaphors around plants and oils. And I'd and be the only one, I'd say. <laughs> I love it. Swapping Othello for yeah. Basil. Yeah. I just think that might be the title of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. And, and just finally, sweetheart, a book that's inspiring or any particular, you know, this, this is a podcast on self-love. You've done a lot of work. You do a lot of journaling. We share a lot of intimate, heartfelt thoughts and feelings. Is there any particular books that have lit you up um, maybe in the past and then maybe finish with one of your favourite quotes? Well, obviously, I re- I'm like you. I'm an avid reader. You and I both. Is that this need that I need, a constant need, I have to know more and I have to be an authority on knowing more. I've just got to keep on accumulating. Um, and I've, I think that I could safely say that I've read 100 books from cover to cover and ripped them to pieces in aromatherapy. And most recently, Kim, I'm so sorry, but it took this long. 
I read your book on self-love <laughs> and I read it from cover to cover as I always do and I just laughed and cried and brought back so many beautiful memories and it has your stock phrases that I love that you use that pertain to you and also a very oh and I and I've written about you in my on my Instagram in my recommended readings you hold Pride of Place is the first book that I've reviewed. So if anybody wants to know what exactly I, I wrote down when I gave it extra thought. But the thing that it really came across in your book was that I love the fact that you were so honest, but you did it in such a way that it didn't become like heavy. It was just here's a bit of honesty, here are the oils and here's what, how you can use them. And it really worked well. And you used it as a vehicle for us to then incorporate it into our lives and use some of your, or not many of your tips. And I love the mixture of the personal and the not so personal to achieve what it was you were doing. I obviously read, I've got a pile of books next to my bed. I love reading fiction. But I went to a dinner party, you know, life brings you what you need. Last week to Chicholina, which is one of my favourite restaurants in Melbourne. And there I was, as always, surrounded by, at the moment, I don't know why, I'm always surrounded by younger women and men and they always just get me. They always get me. They don't question what I'm doing or saying. So here I was in this group. It was a 40th birthday party. My close friend Janie was her son-in-law. And he was there with his wife and their friends. So I'm talking 40-year-old couples. And I ended up in the end sitting with all the girls because they wanted to know what was the latest blend, what was I up to, and did I have a blend for this, and the little girl had this, and the daughter had this. And then one of them said to me, Pat, you've got to read Light is the New Black by Rebecca Campbell. And I thought, and she, of course, pulled out the picture of the cover as they do. She had it on her phone, on her photo phone. And typical me, the teacher, I wanted to read it because I wanted to think next time we meet and we do our gig together so that I could give Jessica, Jessica feedback on this book and what I thought about it. And look, honestly, Kim, I actually love it. You and I have done this sort of stuff since we did the forum back in the 1990s. But it's a new take on it and she's incredible. And the quote for the day, I read it last night and I marked it and it it spoke to me and I realised I had to actually think about what she's saying. The chapter is called Your Greatest Fear is the Gatekeeper to your highest calling. And the quote is, our highest calling is tightly nestled right behind our core fear. This book is worth, I've got a Dimix and I've got to say, I'm doing that, it's going to be my next review on my Instagram, but I'll finish it first. But she's inspirational and she's another young woman. She's a 40, 45-year-old young woman, inspiring women my age. Yeah. I'm like, I think that's the beauty. My grandmother always said, you know, 
there's a gift in aging because the alternative's not great. And I think as you and I have grown over 35 years, friendship and knowledge and a passion and love for essential oils and aromatherapy, I just want to publicly acknowledge in essence and uh, beautiful Judith, the late Judith White and Karen Downs for for all of their their magic that they brought to us and the light and the life that they gave to you and I and the fact that they brought you and I together is really one of the greatest gifts I've ever had in my life. And I just want to say thank you so much for being one of my nearest and dearest, most beautiful friends. Thank you. We've got a life, more than a lifetime, many lifetimes together. Um, we we can never come, nothing can ever come asunder between us. I love it's that. Impossible. I, love. I agree. <laughs> thank you so much for including me and thank you for all the lovely things you said about the book. I'm going to go back and write it down. It's great. It's a best <laughs> review today. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, you well, know me so well. <laughs> I know, I know. And I also want to say, you know, Thank you for being Italian and for I will always say to you that my dress sense, sometimes Pat would advise me when I didn't know what to wear, she'd say, put your shoes on first and then dress from the shoes up. <laughs> but she also gave me, I've, I, I still hold it with such pride, a Louis Vuitton bag. And even though I'm not really like my children who really love labels and all of that, I didn't really appreciate, it's like you don't appreciate quality until you have it. And I just want to say to you that my Louis is still going strong. She's still used on a daily basis. But I'm just, yeah, I love your fashion. I love your unbelievable grace, your beauty, your your sense of pride and self. And I love the fact that you are someone who I look up to who always goes after what it means. So when you're vulnerable, why am I feeling that? You know, the work that we did in our early years of training with the girls that taught us a love of personal growth and journaling and and using scent to bring out that amazing um, emotional side of us, which is actually the soul, you know, like you said at the beginning. So, you know, all the best with the book, beautiful, and your new products. I love to share you. I want the whole world to know who you are and what you're offering. And yes. just want to say thank you for being, being part of the Love Podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Kim, and all the best to you. And we'll be in touch. Love, love you, sweetheart. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.